Hey friends, Amanda here. Before we get started, I want to let you know to be sure to stick around through the break because we've got a great way for you to give back this holiday season with this month's podcast partner, Food for the Hungry. Okay, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And today we are joined by the one and only Angie Smith. To know Angie is to love her. She is such a magnetic personality and someone who just loves the Lord and His Word. Her most recent project released just last month. It is called Matchless, and it's a Bible study about the life of Jesus. Not only do we have Angie here with us for our final episode in our Proverbs series, but y'all, this is our 50th episode. Woo! Big 5-0! I can't believe we made it to 50, Amanda, but we are so grateful, and we're especially grateful to you listeners for joining us for 50 episodes of being women in the Word of God every day, and we are just so excited for y'all to enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Let's get to it. So Angie, I saw on Instagram the other day, it was raining hard in Franklin, and... Do you know where I'm going? I do. I do. <laughs> your children had, first of all, they had on hand inner tubes, uh, yeah. and they turned your mm-hmm. ditch into a lazy river. They shorted. I yeah, they love shorted. your family <laughs> and the way they don't go inside when it rains. <laughs> oh, no. I have a lot of video of them with their friends just dancing. Just and out like, in the rain. Yeah. My oldest does that. River. She just will go. It'll start pouring. And that's when her eyes light up. I love that. I like you're going out there, aren't you? And it's fun. It's fine. I was driving to work this morning and it was raining and it was raining like enough to be raining. And like there was a man that was running or maybe like walking, but like he had the like heaving of chest as though he had just run hard. Okay. And I was just like, good on you that the rain didn't keep you in. And like, you've clearly just exerted yourself because he yeah. was really huffing and puffing. And what I wanted to do in that moment was like, wind down my window and like, give a word of encouragement. <laughs> I'm so for you, guys. <laughs> you don't get that. Like, look at you go. But I just couldn't compose a sentence or tone that would have been well received and not read as heckling. <laughs> Do you ever encourage strangers and really mean well, but it really creeps them out? Yes, because I no, do that. I've learned the lesson about not cheering for runners because I've done it I, wrong stop so it many right times. Now. I have learned the lesson of not cheering <laughs> on stranger runners. <laughs> this creepy lady. The number of times like my 30-some-year-old self has like hung out the window and been like, look at you go. You're doing oh my gosh, so good. Because I hate but running. If I were running and somebody hollered at me, I'd be like, I hate hate you. You're yeah. obviously making fun of me. Or like stranger danger. Right. You know, yeah. like, are you going to come back and like take me to a basement? Right. You know, like, Bas- I just, nothing good can happen. No, I'm just a yeah. little bit afraid of initiating so, something. I just think like as a rule, I've kind of self-governed and gone self-governed. Like, yeah. Let's good not holler out the window. Encouragement. We are going to talk a little bit about self-control this week. So sure. That's good. Self-governance we'll, would be, we'll I was so proud of that guy running in the rain. Yeah. And I just felt that inside and not in an external way. Feel it in your heart. Yeah. I like uh-huh. self-governing. Yeah. That's a really that's good. great phrase. Yeah. The time when I make the exception and allow myself to encourage strangers in public places is when I see a mom of young twins. Do you yeah. do this? I do, actually. I always I do. say... You're doing great. Yep. It gets easier. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Do you do you identify yourself as a mother of twins? 
when you, you do that? Sh- I mean, I'm sure I do. <laughs> oh, you guys are me. both mothers of twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was oh. asking if you do that because I'm like, it's so hard. Yeah. I know how hard it is to have twin babies in a grocery store. Oh my gosh. And I just like, you know what? I think I do. I think I usually lead yeah. with like, my twins are 10. Yeah. yeah. You're going to make it. <laughs> there See, was like one time though, I was at the library when my kids were younger and there was this woman there and she had twins who were, they were like two, not well, I don't know, super young. And I was like, I just want to encourage you. It gets better. And she's like, oh, I know. And she points to four-year-old twins. <gasps> like she has two sets. And I was like, it's not going to get better. <laughs> like, I'm well, sorry. Actually, I shouldn't well, have opened my mouth yeah. just then. And so I think this conversation. That done. was important information. Yeah. And it was no. bad. I know. I was like, okay, I'm going to step out here because I don't have any great words of advice. I haven't been there. See, my temptation is also to encourage pregnant women, mm-hmm. another area uh-huh, yeah. of self-governance yeah. is uh-huh. we just don't talk to people no. about their bodies. Like I saw mm-hmm. a like a pie chart recently that was like, when to talk to a woman. I don't know if it was like talk to a woman oh, about no. being pregnant or like when to talk to a woman about her body, whatever about the case. Yeah. Or, uh, or like yeah. And it was like, you know, a third of the pie chart was like, just don't. And then like the other third was like, here's a red portion that says just don't. And the other third was like a blue portion that also agrees. Never do this. <laughs> yeah. We've all made the mistake of yeah. asking just that one time that one time like oh you're not and i've been on the receiving end of that and it is yeah when you're and you're having another no i'm not that happened to me when oliver was (laughs) no but that happened to me when Oliver. i was at walmart of all places and oliver was like ah six weeks old it was a man and he was checking out and he was like look at you you have a newborn and you're pregnant wow and i was like oh you you don't understand how gestation works no you don't first of all sir but I was no. like, yeah, no, just give me a minute. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. Go get that, girl. That's way worse than runners. Yeah. I think that's Thank way you. worse than Thank encouraging you. runners. If you ever see that guy running, definitely holler out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like on the topic of Proverbs, look at all the wisdom that we have gained over our years. We've gained actual yeah. life experience, wisdom. Solomon wrote a great book. He did. A, a very good book, in fact, an inspired book in the canon of scripture, full of wisdom for his children. But look at the wisdom that we have for our children. Don't holler at runners. Yeah, we can teach them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make that mistake. You don't have to make nope. people uncomfortable. You do- <laughs> Well, don't talk about people's bodies. Yeah. Don't holler out the window. Yeah. <laughs> don't this don't is ask help. if someone's pregnant. Yeah. This is helping someone right now. It really is. Yeah. We'll hear back later. I don't know how to smoothly transition us into mm. work and wealth, wisdom yeah. concerning our material world. But here we are. Yeah. We're in the final week of our four week Proverbs series. And we're going to talk about how we interact with the material world. We've talked about mm. how. Proverbs that direct our gaze upward to God, Proverbs that direct our gaze inward to the inner self and the inner life, and Proverbs about our relationship with people around us. But now we're going to talk about some really fun things Mm -hmm. like money, Mm -hmm. laziness, Mm -hmm. gluttony. There'll be no conviction here. Just kidding. There will be some. So we brought our friend Angie here to teach us everything that she has learned. (laughs) We've already learned so much and we're just getting started. We have. These are hard topics, especially in covid yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm not doing a good job of self-governing, yes. if you will. You love that phrase. I'm so glad. I mean, let's see if I'll we can totally work it you. in at least three more times in this episode. It's no like problem. a bingo. Yep. I'm excited. I, yeah. But you're right that they're difficult 
during COVID because all of our rhythms have been upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like our work rhythms have been upset. Right. Even like the way we spend our money, right. it's really been yep. disrupted. Yeah. And then like the diligence, the laziness, the gluttony, the generosity, it's all, that's such a good point. It's true. I mean, I just feel like I was answering these questions mm-hmm. and I was like, am I doing like pre-COVID, Angie? Right. Or am I doing like, but it actually stirred up some thoughts when I was answering questions that were like, oh gosh, I didn't really think about the fact that that's been bothering me or that I've kind of slipped on this or where are the places that I need to give myself permission? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a couple of these that I read and I was like, I think maybe I've defined this as something different and I need to like pull back a little bit. So yeah, I think this, especially in this season is really important and not easy. I had not even thought about that, but it's so different. Isn't it weird? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what does diligence look like? Yeah. And what does laziness look like right, right now? Like it does kind of shake snow globe a bit. Because this- we're all experiencing, whether it be uppercase T or lowercase T trauma. Mm. Yeah. In trauma, how do you operate? What yeah. does it look like? Yeah. Right. Huh. It's true. The introduction for this day, diligence and laziness begins by quoting the Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread, Mm -hmm. and how that inclusion in the Lord's Prayer implies that we are to work. We are to be engaged in work and provision. Mm -hmm. Like to Um, pray for daily sustenance means to be reliant daily. hmm. Right. And it says the instruction to pray for daily sustenance implies that we are meant to always be engaged in the work and provision Mm. of life. Because we've seen, we've already read some Proverbs about being idle, mm-hmm. you know, like in the Proverbs 31 yeah. day about the virtuous woman. Since last week, we've all woven our own bedspreads. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why didn't you guys have me for that one? <laughs> it's weird. Seems like I would have been number one on the list, but that's fine. When you get to Proverbs 32, I'm actually going to be, I'm not so much 31. I'm more of a Proverbs yeah. 32. Yeah. 32 sure. kind of gal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the reminder here that work existed before the fall. Mm-hmm. Like, I know mm-hmm. we think of yeah. work as like toil and, you know, sometimes And a we part may. of the curse because it was addressed in the curse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Was, right. Mm-hmm. But we are called to engage with the world and with work and with our life. And so, yeah, let's read some of these. I noticed in Proverbs 10, in our reading today, it's just verses four and five. It says, idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. The son who gathers during summer is prudent. The son who sleeps during harvest is disgraceful. And like it's using these strong language of like disgraceful. And I appreciate that there's clarity here too, that poverty is not shame, but poverty brought about by laziness. Like there's a clarity here. There is no shame in what we have, no, in what right. the Lord has given us. Right. But the disgraceful thing here is that laziness. Right. And again, I think that the issue of laziness, right now, I feel like I have this constant guilt that yeah. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. We were put in a place where it actually became, for a season, really difficult to do anything, but mm-hmm. like Netflix. Right. And so I think I've been super critical of myself. And it's like every moment I think there's something better I could be doing. I'm being lazy. And I started thinking about the fact that like sometimes I'm actually just exhausted mm-hmm. or I feel depressed or, you know, I've just been going too much or that it's okay to rest. Right. I feel like just especially again in this season, mm-hmm. it's pulled out that part of me that's like, 
if I'm resting, I'm being lazy or if I'm not like actively doing something. So we're talking about work. And for me, it's sort of hard to like decide what's considered work and what isn't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, especially because your work is so unique, like as a writer. Totally. And as a speaker, and you don't get to do a lot of that right now. Mm -mm. Yeah. I had a friend tell me a while back and I felt so free from hearing this. She said, there is no shame in rest. Yeah. And I think that we're quick to apply shame to rest oh, or to equate rest with laziness. Yep. That's been hard for me lately. Yeah. yeah. A lot ha- of pressure. I mean, that makes total sense. I think, too, it's important to realize or to acknowledge that there are other things we are called to besides the work that, mm-hmm. that provides right. for us, right? Yep. That as believers, we're called to being watchful, to guarding our hearts. We're called to meditate and study scripture. Mm-hmm. We're we're called to prayer. We're called to fellowship. Like mm-hmm. I think that there are other things to be diligent about sure. in addition to just work. But when we talk about diligence, we think hardworking. Yeah, absolutely. Focused, you know, that kind of thing. And it's also tricky to talk about because if we look in this introduction, and in the last line of the introduction this day said, we are called to engage with the life and work we've been given. And I think as believers, a lot of the work we've been given does not come with a paycheck. Yeah, We are called to things that are seen and unseen, mm-hmm. but also like we're not just talking about working hard for our dreams here. Yeah, you right, know, yeah. like that this is, oh, there are actually things that we're called to that are quite hard. We're called to wisdom. We're called to yeah. walking in wisdom. That's what this mm-hmm. whole study's been yeah. about. And that there's a diligence in that that doesn't look productive. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or feel That's a productive. great word because I think for me it is like, what do I have to show for this? Or right. what productive to me feels like there has to be a task. Like when you say work, I don't think about any of the things you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like it isn't my first reaction to say we're called to work. It's productivity. I feel like is probably yeah. part of. And as a writer, I've talked to friends about this who are writers. It's like it isn't the kind of job where you go in, you finish your work, you yeah. clock out. So I think that adds to my stress is that I'll be sitting on the couch just relaxing and I'm like, mm-hmm. I should be writing. Right. I, I'm lazy. And so that for me just like I've had jobs where I went in and did the job mm-hmm. and came home and it was delightful yeah. because I really felt like I could leave it there. Yeah. yeah. But that's just not the situation right now. Um, and as a writer, it looks so different because oh. so like or any creative work, especially right. some of our best ideas come to us while pushing the cart at Target. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Target's really inspirational. It, there's a lot of yeah, inspiration the there. And so I'm going to go to clock in at work. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I say that facetiously, but also it's a difficult thing to quantify sometimes. That's a great in, way to say it. Yeah. That's yeah. a great way to say it. You can't write about, you have to, you live, have to life live life to write about it. And mm-hmm. so part of that is we rely on you as a writer to observe the world around you, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't do that. That's if really you're constantly looking at a laptop. Yeah, that's actually very freeing. Good. This is why sophomore books are so difficult to write. Because like the first book you write is just like, well, this I've been working toward my entire life. I can draw from anything. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, and no one has any expectations. Like, I'll just do this, you know. It's okay. I'm not that exciting. But I love what you said about work. I think when I hear that, I think that we do have different work as Christians that we can't Mm -hmm. quantify. Yeah. 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 That's really good. It was interesting to me. The question on... You know, we have the three questions per day. And the question that got me was, why is laziness a gospel issue? Yeah. Yeah. So, Angie, why is laziness? <laughs> well, point A. Yeah. One of the things I thought about, too, is that 
when I think about the idea of work and I associate it with the life of Christ, mm-hmm. I don't think of work as yeah. clock in, clock out. Right. I mean, if you look at the way he lived, he obviously was productive. He yes. wasn't lazy. Right. He wasn't any of those things. Mm-hmm. But work looked different mm-hmm. in his life than mm-hmm. I imagine in mine. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, there's like this, hey, and he did it really, really well, and he never clocked out. Yeah. So yeah. like his whole life was work. He was engaged not, in his life. Yeah, and he was part of the world mm-hmm. that was around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think I need to do a better job of defining what work is. Yeah, and it's a nice phrase to say, well, Jesus was going about his father's business. Right. But that is also more than a nice phrase, and it is also a gospel issue for us as believers to be about our father's business. Yes. And so whether that is you know, the changing diapers and the doing laundry, like all of these things are putting our hands to work to faithfully serve. I mean, so much of what we do in service to others is work. Absolutely. No paycheck. Right. Very much being about our father's business. Yes. I hope that frees up some people who are listening or just encourages them to feel like you have the opportunity to do holy work Mm -hmm. every moment. That's right. What is it in Ecclesiastes 9? It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. Like do with all your might. Yeah. Not your heart. But like to do it well. Yeah. Or whatever your hand finds to do, do it well. We'll find out. All those (laughs) things are good answers. Yeah. But whatever is set before you. Exactly. Yeah. I think the first passage in this day's reading is Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. And I think it speaks to this. So 25 says, Let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead, carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the Mm. right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. I mean, Mm. the diligence there is a spiritual one. Absolutely. It's not unusual for me to have too narrow a definition. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. On something like that. You know, that when I really look through the lens of scripture, my definitions shift Mm. a little bit. And I think the same is true when we move on to security and justice, because we have here on day 22's reading, we have diligence and laziness, right? Just so we are called to be engaged in the work and provision of life. Mm -hmm. And then, but also, also true, these passages about security and justice and where we've already read Proverbs about having confidence in the Lord, Mm -hmm. but we're going to kind of dig in a little bit more there in this day's reading. Yeah, this one is the one that kind of messed with me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and every now and then, you know, when you read scripture that you've read before, mm-hmm. and then there's something, of course, like in a season you're in or right. whatever it is that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I noticed something different. Because I think in my mind, it's the first question where it's talking about Proverbs 133. And it says, but whoever listens to me will live securely and be undisturbed by the dread of danger. Hmm. I think the way I've read that in the past is that he will keep me from danger. Yeah. And it's not that. It's not what it says. No. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm not saying that everything's going to be perfect or that there's never going to be danger. What I'm telling you is I'm going to keep you from the dread of it. And that is something I struggle with a lot. I spend a lot of time dreading. And I just feel like if I could live my life and believe that and say, he's keeping me from letting my mind spin all the time. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know, it just struck me because there is nothing in scripture that says we're going to be you know, kept from these things. Life will be hard. Exactly. So expect these things. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. But I think it's really easy to read something like that and say, see the Lord, you know, he's going to keep me from danger. He's going to keep me safe. He's, 
that's not what it's saying. It's false. Yeah. I, no, yeah. he's saying like, I'm going to keep you from the feeling that comes when you're worried about mm-hmm. danger. That feels really different. If you're to walking me. with me, you're never going to have to wring your hands. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm a great hand wringer. Yeah. I'm very diligent in my hand wringing. <laughs> I would say I am really self governed <laughs> by that. Worked it in good job. Oh, it's, it's going to keep coming. I can't Don't wait. worry about I'm it. So happy. <laughs> and in the same way, it's this: whoever listens to me will live securely. So, right. what does live securely mean? Mm-hmm. And so we know because Jesus says, "In this world, you will have trouble." Right. Mm-hmm. And He says, "If you think the world hated me, right, you just wait." Yeah, like which is like really a terrible marketing idea. I know. <laughs> yeah, I always read that. I'm like, here's what I've got wow. for you guys. Yeah. yeah. But again, it is that. It is him And I'm saying, gonna leave. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's the good news. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. But I mean it does feel like if you think about what it would be like to live securely. Yeah. That word I want to make sense of that in my head. Like I like to understand like what does that mean? How do you do that? Like I just want someone to tell me just More tell me than, so I can. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if you tell me, I can do it. Yeah. But securely, like, I need to look up that word right there and see what it actually means. But I what glance. do you use to look things up? I love looking things up. I know, but what do you use? You use Logos? Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. Okay, so Big I, fan. just before you got here, looked up this word securely on Blue Letter Bible. You're not. I did. I didn't well, write anything well, down well. because look it meant... I mean, I did just like a really cursory glance because you were coming and we were getting ready. But and we were eating tacos, I think, full, full disclosure. <gasps> okay, that's also true. Did you save any? Oh, yeah. No, no there's a lot. Bar taco. Oh. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. amazing. Yeah, we're here for you. That's how you get me to go. Yeah, Angie, well done. Yeah. Noted. I mean, we can look it up again, and I'll link to that in the show notes because I can't remember everything right now, but it kind of meant what we think it means. Mm. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I wanted there to be oh, like a different, yeah. like. Yeah. Well, it obviously instead means this totally right, different exactly. thing. Right, exactly. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. I can. Yeah. You know, I'm challenged by that. Like because... the, we're like disappointed. Like, it meant what we thought it meant. <laughs> oh. All right. That's hard. It was well, straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> we should just believe that's what he's doing yeah, here. Okay. But yeah, that's so funny that you looked that exact it, word in up. In the Blue Letter Bible. What is, that that is, what is security here? Question mark. So blue Letter Bible, all you can note tell to me. self, most people, if something jumps out at you, yeah. mm-hmm. are probably wondering the same thing. Yeah. Like, what does that mean to yeah. live in security. This and is I, why I'm just not afraid to ask questions because I feel like no. I'm just happy to go first. Yeah. Because yeah. no, somebody I else is know. wondering too. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there's a tension here because we know as believers that there is an eternal mm-hmm. safety and security that we have in Christ. Yeah. And we know that though we have trouble here, right. that he is with us and that one day, yeah. you know, revelation yes. <laughs> or revelation's coming where we will live in the new heavens and the new earth and there will literally be no more tears yeah. and no more pain and no more grief and suffering. And so I believe that we can read it that way, but I also think, I feel like there's probably a more practical application yeah, here that's what I like. that I'm afraid to venture into. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to say it. Because I don't know if I trust it. Yeah. And it's not saying like, oh, well, you'll never be harmed. Right. But there is a confidence with which we should go about our lives yes. in this world mm-hmm. because of that eternal safety. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say it because I've said it every week since the first oh, week good. of this series. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous yeah. run to it mm-hmm. and are safe. Right. So like living securely, yeah. it means running to the name of the Lord. Yeah. Like that's a promise. 
And it's practical. And it's I mean, practical. Like that. like that I can do. Yeah. That I can do. Run to the name of yeah. the Lord. Yeah. This day also heavily addresses the topic of justice. Mm. Yeah. And also super convicting. Um, and just I really, there's an extra in the study book about Proverbs and Jesus. So like the wisdom in Proverbs and the teaching of Jesus and how we can draw connections mm-hmm. because all wisdom resides eternally in Christ. And so that connection is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we know if we read the Gospels that Jesus is very concerned yeah. with justice. And you can't have a conversation about justice and security without talking about the poor. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have a guess about where you're headed with this, Amanda, because go. I mean, question number three asks us, what does the plight of the poor have to do with you? (laughs) And why is it a matter of godly wisdom to care about the poor and the oppressed? And then we Mm. get right there, you know, on the next page or on the page before Proverbs 1431 says, the one who oppresses the poor person Mm -hmm. insults his maker. And Insults his maker, I think the poor person's maker, but also the oppressor's maker. And then it says... Well, they're the same. They're the same, sure. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll look that up in the Blue Letter Bible, see which it means. Yes, we will. (laughs) But the one who is kind to the needy honors him. And then, Amanda, you mentioned that extra, and it connects to what Jesus said in Matthew 25. He says, then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Yeah. Listen to Proverbs 3.29, also in this reading yeah, day. Yeah, I saw that. Don't plan any harm against your neighbor, for mm. he trusts you and lives near he you. Lives near you. I love that. There is an implicit trust. Yeah. The people who, like, on my street, like, I should yeah. be looking out for them. Yeah. I yeah. should be caring for them. Right. And also, 2020, there is... For the first time in a very long time, it feels like, oh, I have a, we all have a baked in excuse to, have not, yeah. to not even yeah. interact with the people who are right, right next door to us. That's been a weird dynamic. Yes. Like 2020, loving your neighbor, what does that look like? I mean, in the first two weeks of quarantine, like back in like end of March, my next door neighbor, a couple doors down, her dad passed away from mm. COVID. Like, wow. And like we were in such intense quarantine yeah. that the only thing we could do that we felt safe to do was to have shipped deliver flowers to us from the grocery mm. store and put them on our doorstep and then just stand on her curb. Yeah. And just be there. Like that was all you could do. It's but awful. like, what do you do? And then we moved. And again, it's one of those like, how do you be neighbors? Our next door neighbor came and rang the doorbell and brought us a plate of cookies. And they were like, this is the absolute worst thing that I could do for you right now is bring you fresh baked cookies. But I don't know. Please put them in the trash, but consider it a gesture. Like, I want you to know that I'm glad you're my neighbor. And the other thing that obviously that is what this scripture is talking about. But I think to extend it, I think he also means like, who you're around. Yeah. yeah, So, you know, for me, that's the other thing I don't think of. I make the narrative like my -hmm. physical neighbors. Like, I don't think about it that much that if I'm standing in line at the grocery store and something is going on, that that's my neighbor Mm -hmm. at that moment, you know? And you might be the only person that person sees today. Yeah. We have been in the hospital a few times Mm. with Toby during COVID and quarantine because it has gone on for so long now. And then we've had, you know, friends who've had children in the hospital. And it's so strange because you can't visit. Oh, gosh. Um, You can't even have both parents there at the same time. And Mm. it's really frustrating, but it also 
it's really interesting because that's the situation for everyone else on the hallway, right? Yeah. In the hospital hallway. We're like, well, we have each other, but that's really it. So you have these neighbors that also can't have anybody else there. Yeah. It's a strange dynamic. Hey friends, Amanda here. As we read the Bible together, it's clear that mercy and justice are near to the heart of God. That's why I'm honored today to tell you about Food for the Hungry. Our family is personally bought into the mission of Food for the Hungry because we are excited to be a part of what God is doing through their efforts around the world. When Food for the Hungry enters a community, they're listening for the immediate needs in the surrounding area. By partnering with local churches and families and developing local leaders, thousands of some of the most vulnerable communities are now sustainably thriving. In addition to meeting physical needs, it is so comforting to know that they do all of their work with the message of the gospel. Now, Food for the Hungry makes it easier than ever for us to give back by rounding up our spare change. So here's how it works. First, text the word food, F-O-O-D, to 484848, and they will give you instructions to sign up to give to Food for the Hungry. After that, every time you make a purchase, your purchase will automatically round up to the nearest dollar. And that extra change will be used to fund the efforts of Food for the Hungry, where they are actively serving in over 3,000 communities around the world. You know, it's amazing to see how such a simple thing, like giving our spare change, truly can help with such a complicated issue as bringing mercy and justice to the world. But it can. So text FOOD to 484848 today to find out how you can give back with Food for the Hungry. Okay, let's get back to the show. Angie, you said that day 23, those readings messed with you. Day 24 messes with me. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So the topics for day 24 are generosity and gluttony. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, the introduction here is really helpful Mm -hmm. to frame. So I'm going to read it. Oh, I loved this introduction. Yeah, Mm -hmm. agree. It says, gluttony and generosity are opposites. One involves oh, yeah. self-motivated overconsumption, mm-hmm. self-motivated overconsumption, while the other focuses on selfless and sacrificial giving. Mm-hmm. One makes us sick. One makes others well. Mm-hmm. The true I problem I know. Me too. The true problem with gluttony is not about how much we consume. It has to do with our ability to practice Self-governance. I was just about to say, (laughs) beat me to the punch. It actually says self-control, but we're editing. Yeah, but do you know what the original language says? I don't know. (laughs) I do not. Um, It has to do with our ability to practice self-control, an essential component of generosity. Generosity is an exercise in self-control because it requires us to give when our instinct is Mm -hmm. to keep. Keep. It's really good. I hadn't thought of generosity as self-control, but now I can only think about it that way. Yeah, I'd never, that would never be a word I would associate. Yeah. Or words that I would associate. Yeah. And it also changes what I think about gluttony. Yeah. The whole idea of what is it? It's, I mean, that description right there is really profound in and of itself. It definitely changes the way that I think about the idea. I mean, if someone says gluttony, what's the first thing you think of? Food. Yeah. But it's too much of anything. Exactly. And lack of self-control. Lack of self-control. And just the giving, the self-control to actually 
be giving and just to have generosity. To name generosity Mm -hmm. and gluttony as opposites. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's new. I mean, I think that's a really great way to frame that. Yeah. And I've never heard it. Listen to Proverbs 3, 27 through 28. When it is in your power, here's our self-governance. When it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. Mm -hmm. Don't Mm -hmm. say to your neighbor, go away, come back later. I'll give it tomorrow when it is there with you. Mm -hmm. Mm. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. Mm -hmm. Don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. So I know that we have more to talk about, but before we move on from gluttony, <laughs> I do think Sorry that, for giggling. I'm sorry. No, it I'm is. Sorry. It's a great phrase. Before yeah. we move on from before gluttony. Before we move on from gluttony. You know, it also is about food. Yeah, yeah it that's is. good. That's true. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. It, question <laughs> <COVID>. number two. <laughs> 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 question number two messed with me a little. What appetites have a hold on your mm. heart? How does gluttony contradict in generosity? So yeah, what are my appetites and what's underneath that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even for me, I can look at that when it does come to actual food, like metaphors aside to think about actual like gluttony with consumption and think mm-hmm. it's not always hunger right? <laughs> that's underneath that. It's Absolutely. something else. Yep. And yeah, I mean, COVID and boredom or despair going even further back in our last couple of years, life in a hospital. Yeah. And it's like it's really easy to justify. Yeah. That. It's, it's really ta- I mean, I do it's good to like not skip over that as being yeah. cuz I do think it's yeah. like your appetite is I want something and whether it's food or anything else, it's like why am I hungry? What am I actually hungry for? Right. And I'm hungry for comfort. That is exactly right. Yeah. I would be at Pizza Hut yeah. And I'd be Oh, I so ate happy. I stress ate some. I'm tacos. so comforted right now. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's so good. Yeah. If I get crazy, I'll just dip it in some ranch. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I really need to stop. But yeah. I I mean I did. Like I've had many stress meals of Taco Bell in that building yeah. until I realized that I could just walk across the street Taco Mama. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> a great place. That was a better stress meal. That would always I've anytime there, there was like a surgery or a procedure, that's my place where I would go. And like, I'm at least going to eat a really good meal while I'm waiting on this. And so that felt good. You know, and it is like, I don't think anyone would look at me and say, how dare you? How gluttonous was that? However, I know. Yeah, you know. I know my heart Mm -hmm. and I know my convictions and I know my actual appetites and Mm -hmm. hunger, Mm -hmm. my physical hunger, as well as my hunger for just peace and comfort and distraction, whatever. And so it really is, I'm grateful that scripture addresses that and says, you know, looks me in the eye and says, Amanda, Proverbs 25, 16. Mm. Oh my word. If you find honey, eat only what you need. Otherwise, Mm. here comes the CSB coming in clutch. You'll get sick from it and vomit. Vomit. That's what I'm reading from actually. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, that is physically true, but that's and an that actual is verse in the Bible true. because it's both. Yeah, actually and true I and don't metaphor. want to make light of you know, as humans, we struggle with gluttony. We struggle with abstaining from food to a dangerous level. Mm-hmm. Like we all yeah. have different struggles, mm-hmm. and food can be at the center of many of those. Yeah. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for. The way that even the pairing of these verses together that I can think of, it even crossed my mind as I was reading some of this, that to not give in to gluttony is a type of generosity toward myself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, of mm-hmm. like it is. It's self control. It's mm-hmm. like choosing to not insult my maker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, I, I mean, we yeah. gonna just keep moving. Mm-hmm. But I just for those who are within the sound of my voice who like have a real struggle there. Absolutely. I'm with you and I feel it and like I think scripture sees it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's its own podcast. Yeah. We could spend an entire yeah. podcast on that. Yeah. Do you know we've mentioned three taco restaurants so far? We had Bar mm. Taco, yeah. Taco Bell, and Taco Mama. Listen. Wow. Also not sponsored, but could be. I feel home. <laughs> I feel like I'm right Have at home. Have y'all tried Uncle Julio's? Because that's no. a good one. They're fajitas and they're homemade flower shells. I got to really? talk to you about it. After. Okay. Okay. Talk about it later. <laughs> In the listening. meantime, let's talk about debt, wealth, and poverty. <laughs> Woo! That's fun. Yeah. Money's hard to talk about. Yeah. I'm going to let you well, guys do and, it. Skip it. I'm well, going to go yeah, get some skip it. You're going to go get, get some tacos. Some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. It was hard to talk about a year ago. It's yeah. hard to talk about in COVID because it has become even more personal yep. for many people. Whole livelihoods just got swept, Absolutely. washed away. Yep. And Amanda, you mentioned, you know, the passage that says the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so we know that everything we have, everything you have, everything I have, Mm -hmm. it's from the Lord. Yeah. It belongs to him. Yeah. You know, coming out of that conversation about generosity and Mm self-control, we'd also come here and ask what does scripture, what specifically Proverbs teach us? What wisdom does it offer on the topic of debt, wealth, and poverty? Whoo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't dodge the subject. Let's nope. just start by Very saying direct. that. You and can look it, up the. You can look these up. Blue letter Bible. Hebrew, and like, no, that's, still gonna. Yeah, oh, gonna talk. It's yeah. gonna wealth. Like, yeah. Wealth here means wealth. wealth okay. Yeah, but it is interesting. Also, specifically, there are some really direct A to B lines drawn between wealth and power, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like through the proverbs that we have in front of us. But also, just like it's also a matter of fact, yeah. you know. And so, a lot of the. Proverbs that address wealth address it within the context of power. Like a good example of that is, you know, Proverbs 22 7, where it just says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. A lot of times, the person who is wealthy in financial wealthy is in power over the people who yeah. are either borrowers to them or, or whatever the case may be. I think we're, this is again. COVID 2020, like there, I keep saying, I said this the other day, I was like, there are really beautiful things that are coming from this yes. as far as recognizing injustice and recognizing this yes. desperate need mm-hmm. for us to see the world differently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, especially in the area of race, that's been a huge yeah. issue. I mean, God's like, here's the year where I'm going to throw everything at you and make you just You're really process. Have to deal with some stuff. Yes. Yeah. And so, this. Yeah. No. And I think that's something that's really important related to what you said, is that what we're seeing is that wherever we are, our job is to be reaching down and pulling up. Mm -hmm. And we can't expect the people who are not in power to be able to climb up to where we are. And so it just becomes much more intentional. Mm -hmm. And the idea of justice, I mean, all of this, just your neighbor, all of it, if you think about it, it's really beautiful. You can apply it to any time in your life. But right now, I feel like these words have a different punch because it's so meaningful Mm -hmm. in this time period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also very much a kind of be careful what you wish for thread in these proverbs where mm-hmm. yeah. it's like you think you want wealth, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, you know, as God's people, <laughs> just to be careful. And like where you think you want wealth, but as 
you know, here again, I found the introduction really helpful because it points out, you know, there's nothing inherently sinful about wealth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's honestly, that's helpful to hear and to acknowledge because I think sometimes we can be confused by that. But then listen to this line, but God's people are called to be very careful when it comes to the pursuit of wealth Mm -hmm. and very generous when it comes to caring for the poor. Money is more than a means is power. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of skipping around now. But yeah, there's a lot in these proverbs there there is like the sense that wealth can be a liability if we are not mm-hmm. careful and self-governing mm-hmm. and yes. walking with the Lord. Like look at Proverbs um 28, a few of these verses. Verse 6 says, "Better the mm-hmm. poor person who lives with integrity mm-hmm. than the rich one who distorts right and wrong." Verse 11 says, a rich person is wise in his own eyes, but a poor one who has discernment sees through him. Mm. And even verse 8, Amanda, that says, whoever increases his wealth through excessive interest collects it for the one who is kind of the poor. Like this, like this ill-gotten gain. Yeah. Having like integrity is better than riches, like which you get also in 22. A good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver or gold. Like this, like what is a man's reputation? Not what is his... right bank balance. And the first verse in this reading, Proverbs eleven twenty eight: anyone trusting in his mm-hmm. riches will fall, mm-hmm. but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Yeah. Gosh. And there, you know, again, and I feel like I'm speaking for myself. It is yeah. super easy for me to like read over that and go, yeah, they will. Oh, wait. <laughs> like he's actually <laughs> talking to me. Yeah. And like I should be taking that seriously when I'm like, oh, they, it just feels like another verse. Sometimes, yeah. like, sometimes these are easy to be like, anyway, anyway, like I would never embroider any of these anywhere. Like, so, you know, <laughs> I don't see that on my Pinterest board. Like yeah. they just feel a little bit removed from yeah. our lives. And to really say, what am I trusting in my riches for? I wrote down, you know, it's our security, it's our self-esteem, it's ego, it's these efforts that are going to this hollow place. But we live in a world where it's really, really hard to not see it that way. And mm-hmm. I think acknowledging yeah. that, and again, with power, it's like, what house do you live in? What kind of car do you drive? What's your income? What's your, mm-hmm. like all of those things, we know that the world judges us by those things. Oh, yeah. And so it's really easy to be like, I'm just going to step back and I'm going to do it differently and I'm not going to play that game and I'm not, you know, because we're aware of how other people are perceiving us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it isn't that wealth is inherently bad. Um, and right. I don't care if you drive a nice car. I don't care what you do as long as your heart yeah. is in the right place and you're yeah. not being defined by that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And right. the gospel is the great leveler. Like Jesus yeah, is the great, like we get Proverbs 22, two that says rich and poor have this in common. Mm-hmm. The Lord makes them all. God is both the creator and the judge yeah. of everybody. I don't know if this is included in our Jesus, you know, the wisdom of Proverbs and the teaching of Jesus extra in the study book, mm-hmm. but a connection that's coming to mind as we're having this conversation is when Jesus really clearly warns against um, the dangers of wealth. And it says in verse, this is Mark 10, verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. The disciples were astonished at his words. And again, Jesus said to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. And they're like, well, then what do you, 
you know, they just look yeah. at each other and they're like, this sounds crazy. Right. And that's when he says, with man is impossible, with God, mm-hmm. all things are possible. He says many things like this. Yeah. <laughs> that are, you know, like leave your father and your mother. Right. You know, things that are very shocking. Yeah. Um, but and not always literal. Right. You know, and I mean not that doesn't always necessarily literally. mean yeah. It doesn't mean that rich people can't come to salvation in Jesus. No, that is not what it means. But I think it it doesn't mean literally to leave your father and your mother. Right. Right. But it is a cue to us, a very clear one, Mm -hmm. um, that wealth can get in the way Mm -hmm. of our understanding of the gospel and our living out of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because so many other Proverbs that we've read over the last three weeks of wealth can seduce us, power can seduce us, comfort, Mm -hmm. um, pleasures, nice cars. You know, talk about like the kind of car you drive. Well, I really like that one that just passed me on the road. Maybe Mm -hmm. mine's not so great There's that one Amanda and I've been eyeing in the parking lot. I am a car girl, I have to admit. Like that's one of my like... Like that is something that I love driving. It's like a therapeutic thing for me. Yeah. So it is. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my areas. What do you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say that cars were your love language. I don't think that's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's inaccurate. (laughs) Amanda, I don't know that I noticed this before. When you were reading Mark 10, it was saying like that it's difficult. It's nearly impossible if you have wealth to enter the kingdom of God and it uses the eye of a needle. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like you said, it goes on with man. It is impossible, Mm -hmm. but with God, all things are possible. So it's not even like, well, you know, a certain percentage of wealthy folks will still make it into heaven, and like, (laughs) I'm determined to give that a shot. Because this is how it works. But it says that's actually impossible. The only way is by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is good. I like this whole section. I'm glad you related it to what we're talking about. I do feel like it is good to say why, you know, again, it's it's just how my brain works to be curious. Like, why is it hard? Let me break that down. What does that look like to be, what are we supposed to do with that to try and understand? Like, how does this relate to, I don't know, my mind goes a million places. And I feel like, again, it levels out at that. I need to recognize why it's so hard and work on that. That it just goes back to a heart issue and the way that we're, Mm -hmm. you know, stewarding our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Also, do you ever laugh when you see like a verse that you know is like posted on every gym in America (laughs) or like the inspiration, like someone's on a cliff, like with men, it is impossible, not with God. Like, I think it's so cool to read things in context. It it is pretty cool to read things in context. Oh, that's (laughs) why that's there. Oh, we're talking about wealth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, I feel like the Lord has had me in Samuel lately, and I'm reading about you know it, and I'm like, I've prayed for this child, I have prayed, and I'm like, and she's about to leave him in a temple, so like right. that's kind but of it's a, not like she gets weird. to keep him, no. But yeah. I mean, it's just like a funny mm-hmm. thing that people probably don't know the context, the context of, of that. that passage, yeah, or this one, which I love seeing in the middle of this conversation about wealth. Probably not what a lot of people think, right? Well, we do get a bit of a tilt upward. In our last day. <laughs> a tilt upward. All because right. we get, this one really tackles a lot. It feels like a little bit of a mosaic here on mm-hmm. the last day. It's good and evil, mm-hmm. faithfulness yep. and truthfulness. Mm-hmm. Yep. But again, the mm. introduction got me Take and really there, set it up, set it up well. First, it quotes where Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And it quotes Amos 5.15, hate evil and love good. And then the introduction says this, one of the profound characteristics Mm -hmm. of a maturing follower of Christ is to desire to live in the tension 
of hating evil while loving our enemies. Mm. In a way, this is the heart of the gospel. Christ came carrying an unwavering disdain for the sin at work in us. Mm -hmm. I like that phrasing, unwavering disdain, while maintaining an unwavering love Mm -hmm. for us. And we are called to that. I mean, we are called to remain faithful and Mm -hmm. truthful. Mm -hmm. And to what Amos says, to... Hate evil mm-hmm. and love good. I've heard somebody say Jesus is not soft on sin. Mm. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. And this, I think this is a question that all Christians, like the first question I just wrote, I think the nature of the Christian life is to recognize there is never a moment when we are not caught between good and evil. Mm. You know, that's mm. that's not a like, oh, I made this decision and I chose this. Like, no, the point of the entire gospel is you are always pulled between those two things. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't there is no other yeah. way to see life. And if you do, you're not going to fight for it. But I love the idea of desiring. Yeah. I think I pray that a lot. I'm like I'm sorry like but pray even for the poor. Like I pray for the desire to care about yeah. the poor. I pray for the desire to recognize that I am caught between these two things and to fight that war well. There are so many things we do not have because we do not ask. Yeah. Like Lord, give me a desire to right. I love that. It's yeah. hard. I mean, I yeah, I need to pull I back mean, a couple steps. And- yeah. But I mean, we've been talking for the last several weeks about, you know, what James 1, 5 tells us, you mm-hmm. know, if you desire wisdom, right. ask for it. Right. And um, if I take an account of how mm-hmm. many times in the last month I have said, you know, I've mm-hmm. requested wisdom from yeah. the Lord, I try to do that. I try to do that before every meeting mm-hmm. we have. Like, I need this and I know that you offer it. But I want to ask for that more. Yeah. I do too. And that ongoing tension and push and pull of good and evil. And I mean, it's sobering when you put it that way, because it is, it's also an acknowledgement, I think, of the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. that is much more convenient sometimes to pretend like that's not a real thing. But it is. And Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Mm -hmm. Tie them around your neck. Mm. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Mm. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. But that image of, okay, loyalty and faithfulness Mm -hmm. are paramount. Like tie them around your neck if you got to write them on the tablet of your heart. Mm -hmm. This is to me, that is a cue that like this, what you just said, this conflict Mm -hmm. is ongoing. Absolutely. And it's it's why Jesus came. Yeah. And so loyalty and faithfulness we think of God's faithfulness to us and mm-hmm. his covenant loyalty to a, a thousand generations. Mm. Um, I had to look it up because loyalty felt like a surprise word to me. Loyalty did? Yeah. Like, yeah. what is that? Um, which is funny also because I'm looking at you and I'm remembering about you that loyalty is one of your best characteristics, Angie. Mm. But I was surprised to hear loyalty yeah. in this context. Um, and so I opened my ESV to read it and mm-hmm. it says... Um, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Mm-hmm. That helps me kind of put a, yeah. some rounder edges on yeah. loyalty. Like, what do we mean here? Yep. What are we aiming toward? Yeah, that's good. Steadfast love. Well, and it does remind me of the verse, I can't remember what it is, in a prophet, I think, where it talks about God's covenant loyalty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think there's like a... I feel like when you read the word in different translations, mm-hmm. you at least know like, okay, it's somewhere in here. Yeah. It's a mix yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah. And we're just having a hard time landing. But is the, that is... Who walked on water before I told this? It was Peter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden I was like, wasn't Thomas. It was Peter. <laughs> yeah. But that is something whenever I read something like this, and I, I've taught about this in the past and it just jumped out, but 
when the disciples see Jesus walking on water and Peter, you know, is like, well, if that's you, you know, call me out. I think that what happens is, and I know it's true that he starts walking toward Christ and everyone always says, and then he saw the waves moving and he got scared, took his eyes off of Christ. But for me, there's something really powerful about remembering. I just think we're all right there all the time. Like we've got the choice to go to Jesus or to go to humanity to save us. Mm -hmm. We have that option. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, like these are fishermen who know the water. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I could trust that. I can see you. Mm -hmm. I know you can grab Mm -hmm. me out of this boat. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like he still reached for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And for me, this tension of like, what am I taking from the world and what am I taking from him? I tend to have an image of me sort of like in that water and recognizing how much I depend on the world and all of these things and yeah. wealth. And I mean, throw any of this into the mix. And, you know, it's something profound and it's something that we're able to do to trust the Lord and just say, mm-hmm. save me, you know. And if I'm correct, I think Jesus rescues him right after he says that. Mm-hmm. And so again, hey, reaches down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and there was a request, like, I believe you can, and I'm going to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. So pull me out. Anyway, I just feel like I'm constantly finding myself in that position where I'm like, I can trust the thing that I can see and touch, and, you know, that's easier than believing in that he has loyalty to me, that will, you know, rescue me from the situation, or that he's safe, or that he's my strong tower, that he's all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I really, obviously, I think we all wrestle with it, but... yeah. You have to choose it in that moment. I think you're describing um, some diligence there. Yeah. Like, you know, we talked about diligence in terms of of work and of kingdom work and work with our hands. But there is like a focus part Mm -hmm. of diligence. It's like I am going to, you know, by the grace of God, like remain determined yeah. to be focused on you. Absolutely. And you alone. And Absolutely. It, and we know we don't do that perfectly. No. But it's a, you know, Lord, I believe, help my yep. unbelief moment. Absolutely. And um, yeah, because there are a lot of words used in these, like Proverbs eleven three says, the integrity of the upright guides mm. them, but the perversity of the treacherous destroys them. But the integrity, mm. so words like loyalty, faithfulness, integrity, yep. there's like a there's a grit in there hmm. that I feel like is an acknowledgement that like none of this is easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But we're still called to faithfulness, yep. even though it doesn't come easily. Right. Yep. And just to be aware of that, to yeah. be aware of, you know, sometimes I'm not thinking of these concepts yeah. or mm-hmm. I'm not, they're sort of on the back burner and just to be more intentional about thinking about them and asking the Lord to show you things in your life where you can apply this, that. Let's just talk about all the things I'm terrible at. This is super fun. <laughs> just called this meeting. Yeah. This has all good. been an intervention. <laughs> is my family outside the yeah. door? Did you guys sure set to catch me you. up? It's okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But there are tacos. So oh my goodness. It'll be okay. I just I'm, feel like we have to breathe a, a big a sigh. Uh, we're like so delightfully over time, but so over I time. love when an hour flies that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so fun. And editing, which and, is great. And that'll also help. <laughs> that'll that'll help. Okay. What did we leave out? You'll never know. You'll never know how many times we actually <laughs> talked about tacos. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. <sighs> it true. Okay, Angie. Yes. The end of the episode, here are the things that we do. So we spent an hour or more looking at the book of Proverbs and talking yep. about the beauty, goodness, and truth that okay. we found there. And now, as our guest, Angie, we get to ask you, where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, 
and or truth that is just like compelling you to worship? Hmm. Gosh, that's a big question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. Um, oh, thank you. It is. It's hard to answer, which is typically what a good question does. <laughs> Again, like I know the COVID thing is yeah. weird and hard and all the things, but I feel like there have been moments where, and this tends to happen to me when I am at my most desperate and something around me starts to remind me. I think in this time period, it's just become much more simple. Mm-hmm. Things have just become more simple as far as me seeing that because when things are hard, the good things seem more beautiful. You yeah. know, you're not just like trotting around life like everything's, mm-hmm. um, you know, just that or just that. And I feel like, I just think the major way is that I feel like I'm seeing things in a more simple way and that there's just something that's really powerful about that, that I don't feel like I'm spending all my time looking for goodness or looking for. It's just more available to me. It's more in my it's like you're line affronted of sight. By it. Yeah. And there to me, like it will become a season where I do think as awful as weird as it is that I'll look back and think I saw a lot of beauty there yeah. and a lot of truth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want to fight for that. Yeah. Yeah. There are fewer opportunities to be distracted from it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like there are just fewer I don't want to say fewer voices. That's not true Mm -hmm. because they're still there. But like, but you're not directly in contact the way we had been. You know, like Mm -hmm. you're in your place Mm -hmm. with your people, Mm -hmm. and you're and there was a lot of beauty that came from that. Just a lot of like, I would say there were shifts in some of our relationships that were really special. Yeah. So yeah, this is. (laughs) I mean, I keep telling my kids, you're living in history. Like, yeah, this this is just the strangest time. We're writing history books. Yeah. And it changes everything, everything. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it will change it forever. I do feel like I'll see God in different ways after this. I feel like he's provided me with some really tangible moments of seeing him. Mm -hmm. Which is fascinating because the thing that we know is that God doesn't change. Right. He is faithful. He is the same. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. Nope. But that when our lives get tilted. Yeah that the same God who has remained unchanged, we get to see him in different ways. Yes, I think that's totally true. And so that's something to give thanks for. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, all right. It's really good. I have a benediction for us. I would love mm. that. May I read it? Yeah. It's from would Revelation. Sing it, or oh, yeah. Or are you just definitely going to just... I could sing it because there does happen to be a song, but I'm going <gasps> to self-govern maybe, and not do maybe that. Maybe that was the Lord. I don't know. <laughs> this is Revelation 5.12. This is the word of the Lord. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory mm. and blessing. Amen. 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 All right. Friends, listeners who we adore, go eat a taco mm-hmm. if you can. But come back next week because we will be starting a series about the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. It's a good follow-up to this. It is a mm-hmm. good follow-up to this. We're excited about it. And Angie... Until Mm -hmm. next week, what do we tell our listeners? To keep opening your Bibles. Mm -hmm.